0: To Beyond Measure. My name's Katrina Mayer.
1: And I'm Elle Kammerer. And today we are starting season five. Season five! We are reading Jane Austen's Persuasion. Yay! Yay! This is one of my favorites. So that brings me to this fun little fact at the beginning of my book and that it is Persuasion apparently wasn't very popular right away when it was published. And this was her final book that she published mm-hmm. um, before her death. But since then, this book is tied as the second most popular with Mansfield Park, Sense and Sensibility, and Emma. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. The number one most popular, if you might guess, is Pride and Prejudice. Of but then we have a four-way tie for a second. <laughs>
0: interesting that Northanger Abbey isn't in there that's a good one
1: or wait maybe I misspoke maybe it is only a three way tag because I'm like wait I'm missing one I think maybe Mansfield Park was one of the ones that wasn't as popular oh yeah so it is taught Tied at second place with Sense and Sensibility and Emma. Okay. And then I think Mansfield Park is next. Okay. And then Northanger Abbey. Because apparently nobody wants to read Northanger nobody Abbey. Reads it. But it's good. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it so much. Yeah. But back to persuasion. Persuasion. Oh. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> I just love persuasion so much. Even when I was really young, like well not really young, but like in my twenties, yeah. my early twenties, and like reading it and then like watching the film, I was just like I just so romanticized Anne Elliot and her, her life's <laughs> journey so much. And I just was like, this will be my trajectory.
1: <laughs> uh, did she also plan on becoming a Supreme Court justice and letting her best friend live in her extra house and then decided instead to become a teacher and disappoint everybody? She did. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Cool. Spoiler alert. Awesome. <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) Uh, so I have not read Persuasion and I only kind of know what it's about in the sense that I know that there was like a previous love connection and then space apart and then a reconnection. But Mm -hmm. I don't know all the details. Uh, I got a little bit because we read chapter four, but like, I don't know the details of what happens. I don't know why there was the separation. I know nothing. I'm, and and that's it. Um the only other thing that I know is that apparently and I haven't watched it because I wanted to stay fresh for the book. Apparently the Netflix adaptation that just came out mm-hmm. isn't good? Oh.
0: I haven't watched it because I wanted to watch it with fresh eyes after we uh-huh. reread it. Um yeah. and I'm just so familiar with the the older version. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah.
1: Yeah. Apparently, it's very girl bossy, quote unquote, which Interesting. I don't know.
0: What does that but, mean? I don't know. Okay. Well, like,
1: the last thing I saw that was considered like the last remake that I saw that was considered girl bossy was the Amazon Cinderella. Okay. And that was like where she was all trying to be independent and be like a, a dressmaker. And I don't even know if she ended up with the prince at the end because I never finished it. Which why? isn't that means nothing like that the that is not a commentary on the oh, yeah. actual no, no, film. No, 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 I no. didn't finish it cuz I got busy.
0: Uh, <laughs> Wait, but. so then is the criticism that it's not staying true to the original work?
1: Apparently, I don't really know, but, but I'm interested to see.
0: But we have so many versions of original that like, you know, to use the term like girl boss, like why not? Like, have that in there. I appreciate that.
1: I wonder if they don't turn Anne Elliot's character into a little bit of the uh, the Fanny Price that we saw in uh, your favorite adaptation, where yeah. she was a bit more like Austin herself. Sure. And not as necessarily true to the spirit of the original character.
0: Yeah, that so could I be. I wonder
1: if that's not what it is. I'm interested to find out because I know nothing about Anne Elliot. Like, I knew a little bit about Fanny Price. I knew a bit about Emma. I knew nothing about Catherine, but that's because I didn't know anything about that book. But yeah, so I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing what this book brings and what our adaptations bring. Yeah. So, yeah. But let's just get started. Let's Jump right in to our first four chapters. Okay. And you have the super duper quick recap. I do. Are you ready? I am ready.
0: Great. So we start off meeting the patriarch of the Elliot family, Sir Walter. He's Anne Elliot's father. He has three daughters. He had a son, but the son was stillborn. And then he had a wife, but his wife has passed away. So he has his oldest daughter, who is Elizabeth. Then Anne Elliot, who is our heroine. She's the middle. And then the last is Mary. Um, Elizabeth is the favorite because she is very beautiful and essentially takes after the father in that regard because the father is very vain. Um, And she just kind of runs the household ever since the mom died. That's like her thing. Anne is quintessential middle child, Um, not appreciated she is described as having had a short-lived bloom and has now essentially turned into a crone which of course is not true but like that's the vibe (laughs) and then mary is the youngest not considered as quote-unquote beautiful as elizabeth but mary as the youngest is the only one who has married and she married very well She has a sense of pride in that regard that she married well. So those are all the main players of Persuasion, like the main family, the Elliots. Now we also got introduced to some secondary characters, some we met, some we haven't. So I'm going to start with this cousin of theirs, um, Sir William Walter Elliot Esquire. He's a distant cousin of Sir Walter's and the daughters, and he was set... To marry Elizabeth, the oldest, because he is to inherit Kellynch Hall, which I think is how you pronounce it. I'm not, I can't remember exactly. Um, but that's their big house that they live in. That's their country estate. Um, and he's set to inherit that. And so, of course, Sir Walter is like, you gotta marry this guy, Elizabeth, so the house can stay in our family. And that, that was the plan. Now, Everybody's like cool kosher this is normal. But William Walter Elliot the cousin did a very naughty thing. And that is then he fell in love with someone else and married that someone else because that someone else had a lot more money. And it is considered a big snub to the Elliots. It's basically like disgracing the family. So they're pretty chilly with him. Now we come to find out that his wife that he married has died they did not have any children and like there is the idea that maybe him and elizabeth do have this chance however it's talked about and we'll get that into this more in detail later but basically like the way he lives his life and like the way he has like his money and things is not on par with like old families and how the Elliots think it should be. But we'll get into more of that later. Um, So that's that situation. Then we also get introduced to Lady Russell, who was Sir Walter's wife's friend. And since she has died, she's kind of taken over with, like, being a good neighbor, assisting with the daughter. She's really close with Anne, and so, like, that's her thing. She tries really hard to, like, Put in the motherly advice that she thought Sir Walter's wife would have wanted. So that's her role.
1: And then, I think we need to emphasize that the book very clearly states that she and Sir Elliot are not married. Yes. Nor will they plan on getting married. Yes, no. However, my brain says that that probably doesn't mean that they're not other types of
0: friends. (laughs) Well... Jane Austen wouldn't have written that explicitly, <laughs> but maybe you could read that between the lines, but yes, oh, that is that's true. not
1: the only thing I'm reading between the lines here, <laughs> but I'll get to that moving on. I just felt like that needed to be said because it's very specifically in the book
0: and then our other secondary character that we get to know is Mr. Shepherd, who is the lawyer slash kind of estate. Manager somewhat of Sir Elliot, so he like basically helps handle his finances, um kind of helps him look things over, advises him on basically the economy of his household, essentially, that's mm-hmm. his role now we come to find out that the Elliots are poor because they've spent their money. A bit too lavishly, um they were not economizing as properly as they should, and now they need to retrench, which essentially means they need to reduce their spending dramatically, otherwise they are going to go right to the poorhouse. Anne sees this, and even Elizabeth sees this, but didn't really know how to go about like introducing that idea, but now it's really dire. And Mm -hmm. so their idea that they try to get Sir Walter to do is to let Kellynch Hall, which, again, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but basically let their manor estate rent it out, and they go someplace that's cheaper. Now, this is very shameful, especially for a well-established country family, Um, and Sir Walter is very hesitant about it, but, like, eventually they, like, get him to agree by saying, you know, we'll be very discreet, we'll make sure that the people are you know also well established they know how to live in a house like this you know they're not gonna like be terrible neighbors they're not gonna treat your house bad blah 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 so they come to let out to this i believe it's admiral croft yes admiral croft Mm -hmm. and his wife um he essentially meets all the criteria they're looking for well established comes from a good family Will be discreet. The only thing is, he's in the navy, and Sir Walter is like, "Ugh, servicemen." But we'll get into that later. So Admiral Croft and his wife are chosen to rent out their manor. Um, the Elliots are going to go off to Bath and reside there, where it's a bit cheaper. Their space is like more affordable. Um, it's. As- Talked about, oh, let's go to London instead, but London could be seen as a trap. You're going to spend a lot of money in London. Let's go to Mm -hmm. Bath. It's a little bit more chill. So that's the plan. Admiral Croft is married to, I can't remember if it says her name, but the wife is the sister of this man, Captain Frederick Wentworth who we come to find out is the man that Anne Elliot loved in her youth. Fell fast and hard in love, mutual on both sides, going to get married. But Dad and Lady Russell were like, No, no, no. He has no money. He is not connected. He's going into the Navy. This is too risky. And like, we'll get into more of like the reasonings behind that later. But Anne listens to them and she's like devastated by this. And Frederick's like, no, I have these plans. Everything's going to be great. Just trust me. But she's being cautioned by her family and, you know, she's been bogged down all of her life to like do what her family says and she doesn't have a lot of self-esteem. God bless her. So (laughs) she says no and it's really sad. And then Wentworth goes off and essentially does all the great things that he said he was going to do and he's rather rich now. He's a total catch, but he is still unmarried. Anna's nervous about, um, having to, like, deal with, like, the Crofts moving in, knowing who they're related to. She's afraid she'll have to see him. Hopefully she won't have to. However, not a lot of people knew about their attachment at the time. Essentially, it was just her father and Lady Russell. So, She's hoping things can stay discreet because, you know, she's embarrassed. And that's pretty much the sum up of this section, chapters one through four.
1: So let's talk about Sir Elliot. Yes. And this man, like, I thought I hated General Tilney right off the bat, but oh my gosh, like, this guy is really annoying. (laughs) He... He's described as being vain, like, right off the bat. hmm And that is beyond clear. Yeah. Like, in everything that he does. Like, not only does he have to make sure that, you know, he stays good-looking, that his wife was good-looking, he thinks his daughters are good-looking to a certain degree, uh, in that he's always talking about, like, when they stopped looking really pretty, I guess. Mm-hmm. And my favorite part was when he starts going on and on about people in the Navy. Yes. And it's not that, you know, I mean, he does talk a little bit about how, like, oh, well, they aren't gentlemen. You know, they didn't, like, their families don't have connections. They weren't in the Navy because of their family relations or anything. They're nobodies who can become rich. He makes that point. Okay, fine. You're a gentleman, blah, blah, blah. You don't like new money we get we get it but the the nail in the coffin for him is the fact that men in the navy don't they don't look good after years of service because of the uh exposure to the elements like he goes on a whole tirade about how he met a man uh i believe it was an admiral or a captain or something and the man looked like he, his skin was all leathery. He didn't have any hair. He had wrinkles everywhere. And he said to a friend, oh, how old is that man? I bet he's 60. And the guy's like, he's only 40. And he, Elliot was like, sailors aren't pretty. So they're not worth anything. Yes. <laughs> and, and I'm if, just like, wow.
0: And if you recall, when they were talking about letting to Admiral Croft, what they're doing, essentially, Mr. Shepard and Lady Russell is assuring him, Admiral Croft, oh, yes, I know he's in the Navy, but he looks so wonderful, yep. this and that, like, really playing up his looks more than Yes, he can afford it. No, he mm-hmm. won't mess up the furniture. Him and his wife are married, but they don't have kids. They are perfect. They are perfect to let this house, right? But they're really playing up his looks.
1: Yeah, they really are. They they are ensuring him that, yes, he looks good. He, and I can kind of see how maybe, and don't get me wrong, like, this is still very vain, but he, like, Sir Elliot is probably sitting here thinking, well... If I let my house to an ugly man and somebody sees that ugly person coming out of it, it's going to hurt my reputation, which is a shitty thing. But I I feel like that might be where he's coming from with that. But um, I do want to I do want to take a side note really quick. You said that they're like, oh, you know, it's him and his wife. They don't have kids. They're not going to ruin the furniture. There's a line in here that pretty much says the best people to keep furniture are childless women. <laughs> it's true, you guys. <laughs> well, childless unmarried women, which you still technically are. I have but those
0: things, but I have so, cats, so. Yeah, I was going to say,
1: <laughs> my furniture is all shitty because of my pets, but yeah. <laughs> and I feel like, I feel like other childless women out there probably also have pets, like a majority of the time and pets are not good for furniture sorry austin you were wrong on that one (laughs) but back to sir elliot
0: yes um now as he's having this conversation about how grotesque people in the service are because he does like kind of brings the army into it too
1: yeah, he just well, he really just hates on the navy the whole time. He really like, does, but yeah, like he really does. He's
0: recognizing that, like you know, it's pretty much any kind of service industry. Mm-hmm. And then we have, um, and I forgot to mention her, but we have Mister Shepard's daughter, who is recently home after a failed marriage, which is not mm-hmm. great on her, and she's pretty much kind of mooching off of like Elizabeth Elliot, like they're close friends, but. Also, could be well, a little potential mooch situation. Not that that for sure is happening, but that's how Lady Russell is perceiving this situation. And that's yes. another reason why she wants the Elliots to remove to Bath, to, like, get rid of that connection. But anyway, well, while they're having- Don't, but anyway. I want to come back to we'll that. We'll come back to it, but let okay. me finish this point. Okay. So they're having this conversation about like professions in the military and how it like ages you and like she brings up the point shepherd's daughter hey it's not just like service industry you can see it anywhere you know and Mm -hmm. she's like trying to essentially diffuse this talk about you know i don't know it's kind of interesting how she does it, but she like talks about lawyers who are like Bogged down from sitting in an office all day and, like, being stressed out and going over contracts and, like, you know, different types of professions where, you know, anytime you're in the service, it ages you. The only thing – and this is where she's, like, fishing the compliments or, like, ingratiating herself to the Elliots, is she's, like, the only way that you can stay youthful the way you're intended to be, because she's trying to um, Mm -hmm. be gracious toward uh, Sir Walter – is if you are a gentry, if you don't have to work at mm-hmm. all, that's the only way you can be because you don't have any stresses, and so that keeps you youthful looking.
1: Which I don't know if that really would help the situation because I don't think Elliot wants to let the house to another gentry, like member of the gentry, they'll because because then the reputation will come back. Yeah, <laughs> they'll so talk. They're gossip, but it also doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so he. He is a very vain man. Uh, He hates sailors. uh, (laughs) And he has a problem with money and doesn't want to... Admit it. Yeah, he doesn't want to admit it. And he doesn't really want to address it either. No. Because Lady Russell and... And are the ones who really want to put together a plan to help them get out of this debt. Yes. And it means cutting back on expenses, maybe getting rid of horses, moving to the smaller house, like doing stuff like that. And when they present it to uh, Sir Elliot and Elizabeth, Sir Elliot is just like, I would much rather just, you know, quit the hall and just become a poor man and not do anything so that Yeah, not live in the best he's way. like what's the point of being a gentleman if i
0: can't spend all this money and it's like mm-hmm. we, you're gonna be a poor gentleman and like ultimately during well not so much during this time but like starting around this time historically and moving onwards we see that happen in real life to a mm-hmm. lot of country houses where they're like overspending their incomes they're not modernizing and they're losing they mm-hmm. have their titles good for you but they lost everything mm-hmm. so yeah
1: and he's just he can't conceive of it of not being able to live in the way that he has been living and what lady russell has to do because he won't listen to ad. No, nobody listens to Anne. Nobody listens to Anne. That's the theme
0: of this book, is nobody listens to Anne.
1: (laughs) Well, according to this, apparently Anne can't be persuaded to listen to anybody else. I know, that's the irony. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? Thus, in this case, Anne proves resistant to persuasion. That's why it's called
0: persuasion.
1: (laughs) Uh, Not because... Sir Elliot has to be persuaded to do stuff anyway. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> um, not moving on. What was I saying? Oh, so Lady Russell's whole thing is that she has to try to convince Sir Elliot that moving to Bath, by being in Bath, not only will he be able to maintain his way of life and the stature it provides him, while being able to save money. But also that, like, he'll be able to, like, get out of his debts. So, like, he won't notice that he's living a different life.
0: Yeah, because everything will be reduced naturally by living in Bath. But because Bath is cheaper, he can still, like, look like he's living better than others. Which is the whole point.
1: Yeah. And on top of that, they'll be able to let Kellynch Mm Hall. So then they'll be able to get that income and pay off the debt that way.
0: Exactly. And... It looks like a favor by letting it out to certain people. Like, they're mm-hmm. not doing it because they need the money. They're, it's like charity.
1: Mm-hmm. It's how mm-hmm. it's supposed
0: to be presented.
1: Though he is very particular about certain things. He's like, well, they can use the park but not so much the private grounds like mm-hmm. and stuff like that which i just want to point out that the park is the overall grounds like so let's think about pemberley in the in either one of the films you know there's so much grounds and everything like that so all of the wooded areas and the trails and things like that that's all the park the private grounds or the gardens are the part of the uh landscape that's right up against the house mm-hmm. So that's where all of the shrubbery fucking happens. Um, (laughs) But anyway, so he is suggesting that the people who are letting his house can spend as much time in the park as they want. They can do what they want. They can explore it. They can have fun, blah, blah, blah. But they can't go into the private grounds. No, no, no. So they can't use the land right next to the house. No. (laughs) No. which just doesn't make any sense. No. Like what the fuck? Yeah. But yeah, he's he's an odd he's an odd duck. He really is. Sense. He's very
0: particular. Yes. Yeah.
1: I could see this man turning into a stricter version of uh Mr. Woodhouse. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, let's talk about uh the family moving to Bath and let's Kind of go back to that thing about Lady Russell wanting Elizabeth uh, to go to bath. So Mr. Shepherd's daughter is staying with him and Elizabeth and her who I don't I don't remember her name. Mrs. Clay. Mrs. Clay. They start to build a little bit of an Emma Harriet relationship mm-hmm. Uh, in that Elizabeth, who is obviously the Emma person uh she's of a higher stature and mrs clay is of lower class which is a big no-no these two people don't mingle also she's divorced and has two kids and has two kids she's a single mom anyway so there's this friendship developing and lady russell sees it as mrs clay really you know taking advantage and you know uh stuff like that and elizabeth for whatever it is uh to her she is doting on her and, you know, she's becoming close to her and everything like that. And um, when I was reading that section and listening to... Because it's it's kind of told through uh, Lady Russell in a way where it's like Lady Russell was doing this because of X, Y, and Z. Uh, my brain went to uh, Elizabeth is gay uh, with mrs clay i love that story why i love they that story be <laughs> i love that story so like because it, it it read to me like the be- like i was saying before about mist Mr- about sir elliot and lady russell not being able to get married and how it specifically says they were not married or they would not remarry each other uh but i'm like but they're still really close friends hmm mm interesting and then lady russell needs to get elizabeth away from miss clay or mrs clay okay that's weird why oh they're growing too close oh okay uh yeah um i still think edmund bertram is by. i'm just saying yes i'm reading this into everything but that's not the point uh but yeah i love so that I'm interpretation gonna, I, I'm, I'm looking for more of this yes i like that <laughs> Which would also explain the uh, another one of the reasons why Elizabeth isn't actively out there trying to find a husband.
0: It's true because to her, like she had her sights set on the cousin and that was mm-hmm. that. And that's the only one who could ever be good enough for her only because of the familial connection and mm-hmm. that he's due to inherit the house. Anybody yeah. after that like she she it said she is beautiful enough and well bred enough to fetch anybody else, but she doesn't go for them, and more than that, she doesn't want to
1: and it it seems like the book is playing it off as she's too busy being the woman of the house, she's too busy doing all of the stuff, but if Emma Woodhouse can be the woman of her house and still go out and do the crazy shit she did, Elizabeth Elliot can do the same, yeah. So I, I do feel like it really is a bit more of she doesn't want to, she would much rather just keep doing what she's doing. And yes, my headcanon is that she would much rather spend time with women. Like it, I don't know how this book ends. But if, if I were to guess the end for Elizabeth Elliot from this section right here, it would be that she would end up just Like, with some money, off in a home that her father's estate could pay for, living with a friend, (laughs) quote-unquote. So. Nice. Now watch, she dies or something. I don't (laughs) know. But anyway.
0: So the next big thing I really want to talk about is, um, if there's nothing else that stands out to you, is do a deep dive into Anne Wentworth and what happened with them. Because it's I think it's really important, especially in these early chapters where as a new reader, you're starting off. You're like, I don't know what's going on here, but here's this guy.
1: Well, so I do like how uh, Austin set it up to like kind of reveal this thing about Anne. But so I'm just going to talk as as the first time reader because I don't know. I don't know what it is, but you're set up to feel like there's going to be this tension when the two of them meet. Um, and then you're told the story about what happened, how they fell in love. It was mutual and everything like that. But the way their like their whole little love affair played out, I feel like there's missing some something missing. And I don't know if it's in there and I didn't get it or if it's purposefully left out. And I'm sitting here like because it kind of seemed like while they were both sad, they couldn't get married There didn't seem to be any tension between them. So I'm like, okay, he must feel like Anne just betrayed him. But we weren't told that, you know? So as
0: usual, when it comes to Austin books, while it is written in like a semi-omniscient third person kind of way ultimately you feel like the perspective is still from the heroine even though it's Mm -hmm. not the first person from the heroine's point of view but like just the way it's written yes it's omniscient but still as you read things it's what the heroine would know in most cases not necessarily throughout the whole book but like for most of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, when we're reading that part about Wentworth and, like, his disappointment and, like, going off and, like... Because I do believe there is a line where, like, he implies that he is betrayed or he was used See, by her. I must
1: have caught that. I must yes. have missed that. Because, like, I was, like, sitting there waiting, like, oh, we had a fight or something like that, you know?
0: Um, But... I
1: feel like that is... I. I it just feels like
0: that's more from Anne's point of view. Like, that's mm-hmm. how Anne interpreted what he was saying. Um, So the line is, okay, so they break off the engagement and then, oh, here it is. So, the belief being prudent and self-denying principally for his advantage was her chief consolation under the misery of a parting, a final parting. And every consolation was required, for she had to encounter all the additional pain of opinions on his side, totally unconvinced and unbending, and of his feeling himself ill-used by so forced a relinquishment. He had left the country in consequence. So, basically, she's, like, saying, it's not you, it's me, right? Mm-hmm, that's that's mm-hmm. the vibe. It's not you, it's me. And he's like, fuck, like, we're in love. I know we're in love. Mm-hmm. I'm not crazy. And she's just, like, taking all of the guilt onto her. And uh-huh. he has no other choice but to listen to what she's saying, respect it, and move on. He He doesn't necessarily want to but he has to.
1: Right. I did miss that. And you know why I missed that? Because I was actually listening to the audiobook while reading through this book. And when it got to that bit, I was looking at one of the annotations.
0: <laughs> yep. So so that's why I feel like when we're reading about their relationship in these early parts, it's really Anne's perspective. We, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. While it feels like you might see it from both characters' side, I really don't, so I think it's Anne's interpretations of how she felt. All that mm-hmm. went down, and maybe we're not necessarily getting all of Wentworth's feelings, and mm-hmm. also all uh, really the reasoning why she's told to not take the marriage. Right? They say, "Oh, she's nineteen; yeah. he's not established all this stuff." But later in the in that chapter, chapter four, after she's let him go, we learn that. Charles Musgrove, who married Mary, Anne's younger sister, Mm -hmm. was actually originally meant for Anne. He was supposed to be with her. Mm -hmm. She didn't want him because she was still hung up on Wentworth. And so Mary swept in.
1: So that, when I first read that the youngest sister was married, I was really confused. Lydia! And I'm so glad that that, that the whole rest of the chapters like fixed that because, because we find out that Elizabeth was supposed to, but that fell through and Anne was supposed to and that fell through. So then he yeah. ended up with Mary. Right. Which makes sense because I didn't think of it as a Lydia situation. Right. I was thinking of it like okay what happened yeah. like what's going on and
0: just yeah. to clarify elizabeth was meant for the cousin and right, meant for right. charles mary right. got charles the cousin married somebody different that's mm-hmm. how the youngest sister was married before the oldest sisters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. and they're all not that too or not that far apart in age no. so
0: so let's talk opinions, because now that we got, like, the basis of, like, what happened, we understand the rift. Mm-hmm. I want to know your impressions in these first four chapters. Not necessarily about Sir Walter, because we talked about how vain he is and how to, mm-hmm. out of touch he is, especially when it comes to Anne. But Lady mm-hmm. Russell, who is Anne's closest confidant, Lady Russell, who takes a lot of responsibility for Anne, like... Did she do the right thing? Because she was just as big of a person to dissuade Anne from being with Wentworth.
1: And actually, I think it somewhere says, or maybe it was an annotation, that had it just been her father, Anne might have still gone through with it. Because she was old enough to where I think she didn't need permission. She was 19. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I want to know more about why Lady Russell decided to make that decision. But at the same time, let me take that back. Hang on. I want to hear it from Lady Russell's mouth as to why she decided to do it. So that's what I kind of mean by that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it doesn't surprise me based on what was said about Lady Russell wanting to remove Elizabeth from the situation with uh, Mrs. Clay. Yeah. Because... Again, the guy didn't have any money, didn't have any established connections, and he may not have been able to become a rich man. Like, that was a risk. And Anne is her favorite. Mm-hmm. She has high regard for her. She definitely wants the best for her. And that wasn't a guarantee that he would be the best. He could have gone off, become a naval officer, and nothing could have come of it. He could have gotten injured and then not been able to work. And they would have had nothing. Yes. So like I get where she's coming from. I just I want to hear more of her reasoning behind it because I feel like there might be insight into what she thinks of Wentworth himself. Because we don't really we don't know that much about him. The only things we know are that Anne is described as uh, her personality being very emotional And his personality kind of being more intellectual. Yes. Those are the only things that we really know about about him and, and kind of in a relationship kind of a situation.
0: So the two of them fell in love in 1806, and this is how they're described in the chapter. He, being Captain Wentworth at the time, was a remarkably fine young man with a great deal of intelligence, spirit, and brilliancy. While Anne, an extremely pretty girl with gentleness, modesty, taste, and feeling, so like they're both of them are in their prime essentially, mm-hmm. um, and if you go a couple more paragraphs after that, you do kind of see from the author's perspective what ladies, Ru- Lady Russell's insight is, which is that she's thinking about Anne and she says, "With well, not with her, what she says, but what the." Mm -hmm. What the author writes, what the narrator is saying, with all of her claims of birth, beauty, and mind to throw herself away at 19, involve herself at 19 in an engagement with a young man who had nothing but himself to recommend him, no hopes of attaining affluence, but in the chances of a most uncertain profession, being the Navy. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and no connections to secure his rise, because as you mm-hmm. know, like if you're going to move up in the ranks of the military at the time, you got to know people with money.
1: Yeah, or it's paid. It's paid to win.
0: Exactly. <laughs> it, it's yeah. like Mansfield Park with Fanny's brother, yep. right? Mm-hmm. It's the connection of somebody with money, or the connection of somebody with somebody higher up in the rank to get her brother that promotion because of brother. Very similar
1: to Doesn't her. didn't
0: money. have anything. Yep. Right. So she's just like to throw everything away she's only 19 also she's like she's so beautiful she's so young of course she'll attract somebody else also this is the first guy that she has shown any interest in you know that's what happens with young love and then you know it's disappointing and then you move on right she's still young and i think that's Mm -hmm. where lady russell's idea is but you know if she's saying that she knows anne as well as she does she should have realized that she wouldn't move on from that like she's not just some regular girl at 19 Mm -hmm. she's different
1: well so that's the thing that makes me think that the narrator isn't telling us everything and again i haven't read the book i don't know but that's why i'm like i want to hear it from lady russell i want to hear if she knows something about him that hasn't been told by us yeah Because, again, the narrator we can take at this point is pretty much telling us what Anne knows of Lady Russell. So, yeah. But I do agree with you in that if Lady Russell really knew Anne as well as she claims she does, she would know that this wasn't something that could be easily moved away from. Mm -hmm. Especially if, hang on a second, you said that they got engaged in 1806? In the summer, yeah.
0: It it was very quick. Like they met each other, yeah. they fell in love, boom. Hang on one
1: second. Mary was married to Charles Musgrove in eighteen ten. Mm-hmm. So that tells me that
0: after Wentworth, there was after like, Wentworth tried they to tried get to Anne, for Anne for and, and Charles hooked up. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So yeah so what was my point my point was she would know that Anne wouldn't have gotten over that that quickly and so like there would have been no point in trying to hook her up with somebody like charles musk but
0: again she's probably thinking she's 19 let's put this other guy in who is rich who is well connected who is also yeah. good looking he's described at the time as a good looking guy he's not terrible, everybody has to right? be
1: good looking yeah if you're dealing if with, you're dealing with the elliot, sir elliot, elliot
0: family, you have
1: to be good looking dude for but, his daughter if you're dealing with sir elliot you have to be good looking I bet I bet even Mr. What's-His-Face is good-looking. Shepard. I bet he's even good-looking, because there's probably no way that Mr. or Sir Elliot, I'm going to call him Mr., who I think is a different person, but Sir Elliot would ever hire a man who wasn't good-looking.
0: <laughs> I I just think, like, she's thinking she's young. Here's this guy, Charles Musgrove, with everything that they want for Anne. But, of course, mm-hmm. it's not going to work out. Um, You know, you're asking, like, You want to hear from Lady Russell, like, exactly what happened. And while that hasn't Mm -hmm. happened yet, there is a little tiny section where I've been reading that. So I I explain, like, how Wentworth was described in his Mm -hmm. prime, in his youth, you know, very remarkable young man. However, later on in that paragraph, while... For Anne, she sees Wentworth with confidence. He's powerful in his own warmth. He's bewitching in his wit, right? That's what Mm -hmm. she sees. That's enough for Anne. But then it says, but Lady Russell saw it very differently. His Mm -hmm. sanguine temper and fearlessness of mind operated very differently on her being Lady Russell. She saw oh, in it, but an yeah. aggravation of the evil. It only added a dangerous character to himself. He was brilliant. He was headstrong. Lady Russell had little taste for wit and of anything approaching to imprudence, a horror. She de- she deprecated the connection in every light.
1: So that's telling me that there was an interaction between Lady Russell and Captain Wentworth that we don't know about yet. Yes. I want that. I feel
0: that way as well. Like something happened between them. That's what I want. Or just like his, you know, he's a young man. He's overly cocky and she's an older woman who has seen the world. And she's like, "Mm -mm -mm, I see how this guy is. He's not good enough for my sweet temper.
1: Hang on a second. So. Talk about, talk about triggering, though. I know plenty of women who believe that they are headstrong and have seen the world and look at people who are not cocky assholes as cocky assholes. Yeah. So that makes me wonder, should we even trust Lady Russell's description of him? Because did she take him as being a cocky asshole when he was really just not being an actual cocky asshole?
0: Well, and it says she doesn't have a taste for wit. So already like their personalities are clashing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There you
0: go. Yeah. So Anne is like, it's bad enough that my dad, her dad didn't even tell Anne no. He just like ripped into Wentworth so Mm -hmm. hard that a no wasn't even needed. So not Mm -hmm. only did that happen for Anne, but then Lady Russell's like, he's not good enough for you. And like, she's not going to argue. So.
1: No. Not with the only woman she's had in her life for a while now that has like been like a mother because she's 19 what's 19 minus 13 six mm-hmm. so she was six when her mm-hmm. mom died because her mom has been dead for 13 years yeah. so yeah
0: so lady russell is very impressionable upon her yeah mary's too yeah. young to even remember so it would, you know and elizabeth is old enough at this point that you know so it, it really is anne who suffers the most from her mother's death yeah um I also just want to point out cuz we know that Sir Elliot describes Anne as, you know, not beautiful anymore. She lost her mm-hmm. bloom super early blah blah blah. And like it almost like puts the reader if you're not careful enough when you're reading it puts the reader in the mind that Anne is this old spinster crow. She's not. She's not she's she's literally depressed. She's mm-hmm. just she's heartsick over this guy and depressed about her circumstances and like She's finding very little enjoyment in her Mm -hmm. life. And like she's not so she's not a crone like she's not ugly at all. She's she's depressed.
1: So on top of that, let's let's flip back to the fact that they have to go to Bath. There were actually three different options. There was Bath, which turned out to be the best one, supposedly. London, which we knew was a bad idea, or getting another house in the country to stay at that would have been smaller and easier to manage. That's in their the one Anne wanted yes. in their neighborhood. Yes, that's the one Anne wanted because then she'd be closer to Lady Russell and everything like that. Also, Anne doesn't like Bath. Yeah. She has had bad experiences there. She went to school there after her mother died. So and she incredibly just,
0: depressed in Bath. She yeah. also went there shortly after she was forced to break up mm-hmm. with Wentworth. So again, depressed while she's in Bath. So Bath is triggering for her.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And on top of that, I just want to point out that Bath is the place where people go during the winter. Bath is best in winter. And summers are spent in the country. So just the idea of being in a depressing place or a place that makes you depressed during the most depressing season of the year. This girl needs some meds. (laughs) Or at least a sun lamp. She needs something. (laughs) Yeah. So, but no, I agree. The way that they're painting Anne is very much like she's tired She's old. She's out of her prime. Who would want her? But that's not the case. That's she's the case. only what, like twenty-seven, four years older than she was in her prime. Like <laughs> she's like
0: what, twenty-six or twenty-seven? Her sister's twenty-nine. Elizabeth is okay. twenty-nine. Um, so Elizabeth is feeling some pressure at this point. She's like been living through her twenties, like essentially as if she was a married woman taking care of an estate because like that's what she's been doing she hasn't noticed at all that time has flown for her
1: okay so you say elizabeth is under some pressure okay i don't think elizabeth feels the pressure i think that everybody else is like oh my gosh she's 29 and not married i don't think that she is feeling everybody is feeling that is.
0: but also yeah. like at this point where they're having to quit kellynch hall and go to bath I think it is now waking Elizabeth up because she's like, if we lose this house, I'm screwed. Yeah, then she's
1: screwed. Yeah, That's where the really
0: pressure's screwed. coming from.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know exactly how or what time it is, what year it is, um, or how old or like what the age difference is between the two older sisters. But at the beginning of the book, two it years. says-
0: Elizabeth was born in eighty-five, Anne was born in
1: eighty-seven. So it's oh, a two year yeah, difference. It's right there.
0: So Anne is twenty-seven.
1: Yeah. Okay, there we go. And then Mary was born s N- ninety-one. Four years after. So so if Anne was six or was nineteen in eighteen oh six, 19 minus nineteen minus four fifteen is fifteen. Plus four is nineteen so so Charles Musgrove went from almost marrying 19 year old Anne to marrying 19 year old Mary four years later.
0: <laughs> Unless he met Anne later when she was like twenty two.
1: Uh he, well, give let's yeah. just say that let's let's give her two years after the engagement. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, she she would have gone from marrying twenty one year old Anne to marrying nineteen year old Mary. Mm-hmm. But that's not the point. Okay, so Okay, so then if Anne is twenty seven then Mary is twenty-four. Or 23. Oh, she was twenty
0: two Anne was twenty two when Charles Musgrove made his appearance. Does it say that in there? Yes, she okay, had been okay. solicited when about two and twenty to change her name oh, by yeah. the young man who would mm-hmm. find a more willing mind in her
1: younger sister. mm-hmm, anyway, let's try not to dig too much into ages we all We always know that that's when things get creepy. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, no, Elizabeth is feeling the pressure, but I don't think that it's for the reasons we like. No, it's it's not not for for the the reasons that other people want the reasons. Like her dad or Lady Russell might be thinking of him of it for different reasons. But she's just like, oh, crap, if I don't have a house to run, I'll be nothing. Yeah. We should also mention and you may have mentioned it, but it just came to my mind that the heir that didn't marry Elizabeth.
0: Uh Sir married. William
1: Walter Elliot. No, he's not Sir.
0: Er William Walter Elliot Esquire, sorry. Yes. He's yes. the great grandson
1: of the second Sir Walter. Yes. So William Walter Elliot Esquire. He married a woman who was rich but a lower stature. She was ill like lower bred or something. It says something like that. Um his wife died. So he is now a widow. And he's going to inherit the house that Elizabeth, who is 29 and unmarried, needs to stay in charge of. Otherwise, her entire gay life falls apart. (laughs) So that just tells me that they're going to get together. (laughs) And Mrs. Clay comes to live with them.
0: I just want to say that Elliot's wife is described as a rich woman of inferior birth. So she's basically new money. Yeah, inferior birth. And that's the big snub when it comes mm-hmm. to the to Sir Walter's family. It's like, how could you marry this random person? I don't care if she has lots of money. That's not what you yeah. do.
1: I'm sure Sir Elliot probably also doesn't think that she's very pretty, but Elizabeth he knows is very pretty, so I'm sure that also added to it.
0: By the way, all of this it's taking place, the present in this story is the summer of eighteen fourteen, just so you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, as I mentioned before, there's Elizabeth entertains the thought of like, hey, maybe I could still get with this guy, you know, mm-hmm. they weren't married that long, they didn't have any kids. Um, but it says, so the disgrace of his first marriage might perhaps um had been gotten over had he not done worse. So it's like doesn't have these kids he doesn't have the wife okay maybe i could but he did something really bad and it says but he had as by the accustomary intervention of kind friends they had been informed spoken most disrespectfully of them all most slightingly and contemptuously of the very blood he belonged to and the honors which were hereafter to be his own this could not be pardoned so that tells me he's like essentially relinquishing or not necessarily relinquishing the title mm-hmm. or anything but he's just like this means nothing being so being part of this ancient family and having to uphold this means nothing to me New money is the way, is how I'm interpreting that, but I don't know. Yeah. I was going to see if there was an annotation in your book that explained it.
1: There isn't. Okay. I was going to say so, what you're saying is that he could relinquish his heir, whatever, or decide to not be heir, give it to Elizabeth, and then. Elizabeth and Mrs Clay could still be a thing.
0: Not necessarily. I don't think he can give it up. It all depends how it's What is okay. that thing called when when they when With um, in, in like in Pride and Prejudice? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, uh, or in I Downton Abbey, what it's
0: <laughs> even <laughs> it's because that's what, that Abbey. Abbey. that's what happens in Downton Abbey.
1: But that's like familiar with it. Okay, so
0: that's what happens in Downton Abbey. It's like episode yeah. one. Downton Abbey no, It's like Mary's supposed to marry her cousin so they can keep the house. Yeah. He dies in the Titanic crashing, and like she's fucked. Yeah. Okay, that is this. That is this yeah. story right here yeah. with Elliot and yeah. Elizabeth. But it's the same thing with Mister Collins. I don't think he can relinquish it. I think he just snubs it, and he he looks down on it, and like they're like, that's not okay.
1: He cannot
0: be excused for that kind of
1: behavior. So just marry your gay cousin, and then go live in London, and let her be gay with Mrs. Clay. Like I don't understand the problem.
0: But he doesn't want that. He doesn't want to be tied to a country estate. Supposedly, that's what it's
1: that's what it's implying to me here. Just you just go off like like i said marry your gay cousin let her be gay with her gay wife and then go be henry crawford in london and you'll probably die of syphilis it's fine well we
0: don't we don't really know his intentions yet we will get more into him him more later but but to me this paragraph in the world of the story implies that he doesn't want anything to do with that and that is a great dishonor according to
1: the elliott family Dishonor on you, dishonor on your family, dishonor on your cow. Exactly. That's it. And I think that's it for the first four chapters. (laughs) Sorry we were all over the place. We We really were. We haven't recorded in a while. I'm sure you've noticed this. (laughs) Uh, It's, let me just say this. This episode has been cursed. So first we were supposed to record on Sunday and I needed to move it. And then Katrina get, was busy because she's a teacher, and then we, tr- like, I get a cold, so that's why I sound like crap, more so than normal. Also,
0: I'm taking and a then, class
1: this semester. But I'm just saying, so, like, so, like, yeah, so, like, you're crazy busy, and then we start recording, Katrina's power goes out, and then we try to get back to recording, and my mic doesn't work. This episode is cursed. Cursed. So if you're hearing this episode, it means everything finally went right. Also, thank
0: you for staying and listening to the rambling will get better. Yes.
1: (laughs) Well, also, I feel I will say this about the first four chapters of this book. It is info dump city.
0: As is usual when it comes to Austin books. It's always an info dump in the beginning.
1: Yeah. So. I I think once Wentworth shows up and stuff like that, things will start rolling and we'll start sounding If he shows better. up. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Maybe he marries the gay cousin. No, <gasps> anyway. Uh, the, I'm just going to end it there. <laughs> uh, we'll have the next four chapters, which is chapters five through eight, out next week. So keep your eyes out for that. Again, follow us on Instagram, where I should be posting things, but... I don't! Yay, (laughs) depression! And, yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye!
0: Beyond Measure is
1: hosted by me, Katrina Mayer, and me, Elle Kammerer. We're part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Our music was composed by Shane Ivers, and our
0: artwork was created by the beautiful and talented Katie Keneally.
1: You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can find us on our website at witbeyondmeasure.com. Or follow us on Instagram for all of our updates, memes, and just fun stuff. Our handle is at WBM Podcast. I'm going to say that again it's WBM Podcast.